You're listening to Fight in Progress. With your hosts and stress coaches, founder of Under the Shield, Susan Simmons, and TomTheBomb.com. Fight in Progress grapples with the internal and external struggles in the daily lives of our men and women in law enforcement, the armed forces, and first responders. Tackling the tough topics and supporting those who support us. We hear you, and we're here for you. Welcome back to Under the Shield Presents Fight in Progress. We're going to have a little applause over there. <laughs> I told you they do me bad, Jim. <laughs> they do me bad. <laughs> I'm gonna. I have to rearrange all those things. On this. <laughs> he doesn't have a clue. Thank you, Joel. That was our producer throwing his two cents worth in here. <laughs> What's new, Joel? You weren't here last time. Let's just call you out for being a lousy producer and not showing up. Yeah, had a claimed he was sick. Had, had this work event that got me sick. Yeah. Real tough out there. We did some golfing. No big deal. In in hurricane, hurricane wind. Yeah, hurricane weather. It was a little windy out there. That's the only reason you hit that ball. How far? What was the farthest you hit it? It was uh, two hundred and seven yards. I'm yeah. looking to go pro now. Yeah, you had a tailwind, is what you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I tell him, I was like, listen, the wind's blowing right. I, I got this. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure Tiger Woods feels very threatened. He is injured at the moment. He had to pull out of the Masters. It was kind of sad. Seem limping along there. What's new, Tom? Uh, nothing. That's our co-host yeah. there, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for that, Joel. And, and this is your founder and person who signs your paycheck, Joel. What you got to say now? <laughs> I thought we might have an attitude adjustment when I said that. <laughs> yeah, so what's happening around the, the valley of... The, the sun here in Phoenix, other than it was 100 degrees yesterday say, in Gilbert. It's, it's getting hot and it's only April. I know. This this is yeah, going to suck. I know. This is going to be bad. <laughs> um, and we're supposed to have a bigger monsoon season this year. So well, last year was bad. Oh, that's what I thought, too. Oh, geez. I may have to move back to the south. Jeez. Y'all are making it <laughs> Oh, look. yeah. Because, you know, tornadoes, they're okay. <laughs> get a few hurricanes. No big deal. A lot of rain. At least you get used to it. But, yeah. No. Um so nothing, nothing shaking in our world here. We what have we done at Under the Shield? Anything exciting? Um, Surely we've done something other no. than stayed really busy. We, yeah, we've just been staying busy. Uh, we got some training coming up we that do. we're going to be doing. Yep, we got some events coming up. Oh, yes, we, do. we do. Yeah, we got a, a fundraiser coming up uh, June 9th with at the comedy. What is it called? Mike, it's not the comedy club. It's called Mike, Drop Drop. Mike Drop Mania. Mike Drop Mania. Yep. Yeah, in Chandler. And we have a retired Phoenix officer that I've had the pleasure of hearing. He did a brief opening for Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman at ANOA a couple of years ago. <laughs> and Don Steinmetz, do you know him? No, Jim? I don't. Uh, yeah, Don is, is retired Phoenix, and he's now a stand-up comedian. And uh, I'm sure he has lots of... Yeah, material. I'm, I'm sure he does. And I <laughs> and I got a funny feeling somehow Susan's going to wind up in the middle. So I may not show that night. Yeah, I may just have to sit that one. I might be sick that night. Uh, <laughs> You're going to deprive us of all that laughter. Oh, yeah. I thought you said laughter is good. Medicine. It is good, but I don't have to be there to be the brunt of it. <laughs> and I have my last big chemo on Thursday. Hallelujah. 
So about four weeks, I'll be able to eat again. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, 18 <clears throat> weeks of eating applesauce and drinking ginger yeah. ale. And again, as and, I told someone at church. And metal. And metal. <laughs> <laughs> but water is the most disgusting thing you can put in your mouth right now. But we're fixing to get through all of that stuff. And then it's going to be a party. But I can't decide. And here's what I need a little help on. I have a mug that says I get to break it when I finish chemo. Technically... I'm finished with chemo Thursday because what the other two drugs are every three weeks are technically not considered chemo. They are hmm. a um, some type hormone thing that they do, but no side effects, so they say. I told yeah. my oncologist, you better not change your <laughs> mind right. about that or we're going to have a problem. But I don't know whether to break. I'm not going to ring the bell. I said, I'm not touching that damn bell, yeah. my friend that did. Had to go back to chemo, not oh, touching the bell till December. I think you could break the cup because the the next part is not technically chemo. So Maybe I'll break the yeah. cup, not ring the bell. Yeah. Okay. So I have to take it and break it out in the parking lot. I'll get somebody to come video it or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the least I can do. I need to do something to mark Thursday. I agree. So I'll break the cup. That works. Well, today we have a guest that I have known Gosh, Jim, how long have I known you? I've been out here 11 years. Just about 11 years and ago. Did we, meet, did we meet soon after I moved yeah. out here? I couldn't remember exactly when you were president of POSA at the time, correct? Right. I, I took over that in like 2001, 2002 or something. And I moved here in 2012, summer of 2012. And um, I think Jill Eisenberg is the one who introduced us, if you remember, Jill. Yeah, I do. I think she introduced us, so... Uh, Jim Hill was with us. He's retired Scottsdale, and we're going to let him tell us about, because you've policed in in Pennsylvania. Right. And Maryland. And Maryland. I forgot about Maryland. Feds. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. It, it's only because he was in. He was being pursued for arrest charges and stuff, so he kept changing his name so and department. Yeah. yeah, that's why he never stayed in the same state. Make a lot of friends. They're, they're less likely to arrest you. I figure you kept collect patches the hard way. You go work there, then you keep the patch. Right. So welcome to Fight in Progress. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're honored to have you on here. So tell us about your background, how you got in law enforcement, if you were a kid of law enforcement, or how all this... You were military, too, weren't you? No. Oh, I thought no. I had you military. Well... You just have that look about you. That's what it is. Well, I just marked 36 years as a cop. It, slow and he learner. walked in here on his own. How about that? Wow. Yeah, you are a slow learner. <laughs> wow. wow Just crazy. can't give it up. Is it all about your identity? Is that what this is? Healthcare. I need health insurance. <laughs> I actually can solve that problem for you, too. But anyway, um, so tell us all about your background when you got uh, started and what you did. Grew up in a small town in Western PA. I always qualify Western because. Anything on the east side of Pennsylvania, we consider New Jersey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Might as well be. And for those of you hearing barking in the background, that would be our dog, Mac McKenzie, <laughs> who is going for training tomorrow. So if you hear her barking in the background, she's not eating anybody. She's just having fun, having fun with Becky. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was looking for a job field I could go into where things are going to be different every day. My dad was a shoe repair guy, so I learned how to fix shoes as a kid. I was the shoe shine boy from second grade on up, and that's not what I wanted to do. Can't imagine yeah. you doing that job. During college, I spent my summers working in a steel warehouse. That oh. was not what I wanted to do. <laughs> summers, 
No. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> so I settled on getting a degree in criminology. Met my wife in college. So it was, you know, fooling along. But when I come out, you know, what are you going to be? I'm like, oh, everybody wants to go to the FBI. And I'm like, oh, when you've realized what they're doing, I don't think so. I actually wanted to be Especially a cop. now. <laughs> yeah. 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 But at the time, nobody was really hiring and threw out a lot of resumes. You know, I'm going to date myself since 36 years. I mean, if we're talking in the 80s, mm-hmm. uh, I got hired by the National Security Agency. What year was that? 1987. Wow. See, my ex got in in 84. Four. Okay. So I'm older than you are. Oh, yeah. Just, just, just a little bit. <laughs> I'm still young, Joelle. I don't care what you say. <laughs> just because you look 12 doesn't mean anything. But anyway. <laughs> it sounded like a cool job. Mm-hmm. Uh, NSA, I mean, for a small town kid. Sure. They right. sent me to the Federal Police Academy. And then when you come back to the post, they're like, all right, now I'll stand guard. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> how, how much of police work am I doing? Uh, can I shine uh, shoes while I'm at it? Yeah. <laughs> so... It was cool to see the inside of that place and everything that goes on and wonder how we survived as a country, knowing that the idiots that work there. And where were you at that Fort point? Fort Meade, Maryland. Okay. Which, unbelievably, that's where NSA was housed. It was an open post. So anybody could drive on. There was wow. no gate guards. <laughs> and this was the time of the Soviet Union. So we had to chase around the Soviet bloc cars that would all show up with their dipl- diplomat plates on them. She had to figure out, okay, is that the Soviet bloc? Let me check my, okay, yeah, he shouldn't be here taking photos of our stuff. But you can't <laughs> arrest him anyway. No, you can just check, chase him away. Run him off with a gun. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That's like fun to me, yeah. but whatever. Well, you figure if they're sending people with the actual diplomatic plates there, they've, they've got extra people already. Sure. They're coming over the fences. <laughs> yeah. If there were any fences. Yeah. Uh, I got bored, honestly. I mean, mm-hmm. you can only do so much there. Uh, right across the street, Laurel, Maryland, they were looking for police officers. This is the height of crack cocaine. And so I went over there, was, became a cop. And, you know, huge eye-opening eye right outside D.C. and Baltimore. We were right between the two. And the neighborhood I worked down there was actually considered an open-air drug market by the state. So you found out the war on drugs really wasn't much of a war on drugs, is what you're trying to tell me. <laughs> Open-air drug market? Yes. There you go. See? That's what I mean. I could stand on the corner with 10 guys that were selling crack, and people would still pull up and try to buy from me in uniform. <laughs> Those were the good old days. <laughs> At least you knew what you were getting. It wasn't laced with fentanyl, you know? Well, there was so some... a lot of macadamia nuts. But I always get those people come up and go, I, I, I lost $20. Okay, what do you sell, you a rock or a macadamia nut? Uh-huh. Well, how'd you know? You need the Better Business Bureau. You don't need a yeah, car. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I always like the, the ones that, that Marshall would get that the police would call and say this guy reported his drugs stolen. <laughs> what? What drugs? His prescription? I want to make a report. Right. <laughs> All my crack was stolen. <laughs> I was <Sure>. robbed. <laughs> well, you would get those. I was robbed. Really? What'd they get? $20. How much do you have in your pocket? 130 Yeah. So let me get this straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me do a, let me do an incident and offense report on those that, that stolen crack cocaine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was like a donation for, for drugs. Yeah. You know? Come on. It was. Uh, it was See a, what you missed out on being born late? <laughs> yeah. I always tell people, you go back and watch the movie New Jack City, it could have been a documentary. I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, yeah. It's, it's set in the crack era, era and was it uh, Chris Rock's in it. And Have you seen it, Joel? You're nodding like I, you have. I, I know about it, yeah. All right. That might yeah. be one I'm going to have to watch while I'm sitting in the 
chemo lab. I know I've seen it. I just don't remember it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember the name when you say it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm sure I saw that. You were yeah. smoking too much crack at the I time. Was. You That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the time, uh, my wife was getting her grad degree at University of Maryland. So we lived on campus at University of Maryland, which was always a surprise to the students to find there was a cop living in their building. <laughs> Darn, took all the fun out, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, the first night we're there, she gets a call about a naked guy roaming the halls. She's in an all-female dorm. Was it you? No. (laughs) Jim made sure to never go anywhere past the lobby. (laughs) She goes, why don't you come with me on this one? So I'm like, sure. Go out there and here's this young guy just wearing nothing but a shower curtain. And uh, I'm like, so uh, how you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? And he said, well, you know, I met this girl at the bar. We came back to her place. We hooked up and I went to use the restroom. When I went outside in the hallway, she closed the door and locked it. I thought and, a boyfriend would, would might have showed up or something. Yeah. Well, she was just drunk and passed out. Mm-hmm. Well, my wife had worked in the building, so when he described the girl, she goes, I know exactly who that is. Okay, I'll hang out here with him. So I started asking him, so you go to school here? No, sir. Like, oh, sir. Ooh. Where do you go to school? Um, Annapolis. Oh. <laughs> oh, the Naval Academy. So if yeah. I called over there and Don't told, tell me your name. Yeah. Oh, please don't call. Please don't call. <laughs> Yeah, that could be bad. <laughs> but she brought the girl down. He goes, she's wearing my clothes. Oh, wow. So that was our first date in the in the uh, dorms living. Interesting date night for you and yeah. your wife. It was. <laughs> and for the first seven years we were married, we lived in dorms. Wow. Where she ran the place. And Wow. Hey, it's a built-in audience. If you need if you need to get your numbers up on stuff, <laughs> you could find things or to write up. <laughs> that too. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Whenever it's time for her to graduate, I told her it was her time to decide where we're going to move to. That so, could be dangerous. Yeah. But I did draw a two-hour circle around Philly. Okay. I All said, right. if you're going to move in there, we'll just stay in D.C. Yes. No kidding. <laughs> and we ended up back where we met, back in Pennsylvania. Uh, she got hired to, to run an area of the college residence life program, a couple of dorms, a couple of frat houses. So what were you close to over in western Pennsylvania? About 60 miles north of Pittsburgh. Okay. I have friends that live out in that area, and I can't think of the area, what it's called. But well, yeah. This was Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Okay. Mm. And so we always get into the argument, oh, Indiana? No. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. So how long did you police there, and what all did you do? Was there much going on, or this is a real small well, town? Well, it's not a much small happening? town, but doubled when the college was in session. So mm-hmm. it would go from like you know, 13,000 to 35,000. Like the city of Tempe. Yes. Yeah. So we get a lot of the same kind of calls. Right. You know, a lot of probably drunkenness, lots of fights, lots of sex assaults, the things that come along with that. Same stuff they probably get today. Right. But you can't arrest them today, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, there's just no no bail money, you know, is right. exchange. They just go in, get booked and released. Sure. You know. sure. Well, just, yeah, I'll, I'll promise I'll show up. Okay. Sure. <laughs> right. Um you would think you know, with all the stuff I was doing with crackheads and everything, I'd get into a shooting there. No, it's in a small town. Oh, wow. uh, suicide by cop. Guy backs me into a corner with a knife after his friends called and said he was suicidal when I ended up having to shoot him. Was and it so fatal? Was, pardon? Was it fatal? I, yeah, so, so you I was, were a good shot. Okay. I was the first one in that department to ever have a fatal shooting. Okay. So, well, didn't like the way that turned out with the, with had, the support. How'd they treat you? Uh, like a suspect. I actually had to get a court order to get my name removed as a suspect in a homicide from the report writing system at the station. And what year was that? Um, 1992. Wow. wow. 
You're with, I started under the shield. I may have started this because of you. Yeah. Who knows? I may have heard about your case. One year after I was born. I was. <laughs> you got a little irritating. Every time I go to do, do a report, it, and you know, you put your name into autofill, and it goes suspect in a homicide. I'm like, all right, can we just move on from this? I was actually yeah. the victim in an ag assault. Exactly. Yes. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the officers aren't treated that same way today. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. It's interesting. You go back and pull that DR now. And it'll say, Officer Blank was responding to it. I thought they were just going to take it out of the system. No, the, the judge. Just took your name. Hey, out. sometimes you can use the good old boy network to your advantage. <laughs> so if the lawyer I knew knew somebody. There you go. It has taken from the entire report. Wow. My name doesn't appear. Just officer. Yeah. That works. Yeah. Sure. Fair enough. And uh, so I started looking around for other places. What's interesting is uh, when I... Talk to Scottsdale PD. I just threw out a bunch of applications and I went and interviewed with them. So I'd, you got to pick where y'all were going to move the next time. Yeah, the next time. move was mine. And you said, we're out of here. <laughs> yep. So I said, well, and, and the last winter was minus 22. So I said, let's go somewhere warm. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect Hades. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you didn't think this through. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't come down here in August and visit. When I came out for the test here, I said, well, here's what's going on. So I laid out the whole shooting. I was still being sued. It hadn't finished yet. Sure. But I was cleared criminally, and the the uh, background guy goes, tell me about it. So I told him, he goes, yeah, you don't have a problem here. If you hadn't shot, we wouldn't want you. Yeah. And that's the problem, <laughs> because I thought, you know, am I going through this all, just going through the motions? Who's going to touch me? Sure. So I, I do, I, you know, as much as I gave Scott still a hard time while I was there, I do owe them a lot. But that was back in the good old days. Today, they may not be. That's true. That, right. That I kind worry of about generous. that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. See, if I were chief, it would be a requirement. I wouldn't hire you unless you had at least one fatal shooting. I thought this thing out. <laughs> so it was I, interesting coming out to Arizona from the East, because on the East Coast, the law has been in place since like the 1700s, and roads mm -hmm. followed game trails yeah. that the, uh, mm -hmm. the Native Americans first traveled. Still have cobblestone <laughs> yeah. roads out there, yeah. It's like, well, I could go from point A to point B in 10 minutes if the road was straight, since you followed a game trail, it's going to take me an hour to get there. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, so jurisdiction is completely different. Mm -hmm. Back there, it was you turned into a pumpkin once you left your city. Right. Unless it was a felony in your pro in your commi committed in your presence. So it wasn't a state certification. Mm. Well, you still have to be certified in the state. But yeah, it was yeah. one of those. Uh, I had a DUI case where the campus police left campus and came into the town. Uh-huh. Because they were checking the the uh, bank clock for, let's talk about old school, the mm -hmm. time and temperature she could log it. And while they did that, they ran across a car weaving. So they called and I picked up the DUI. That went all the way up through the court system because they are out of their jurisdiction. That's they crazy. did have indoor plumbing there, Joel. <laughs> I, I, I see your brain clicking away like, what are they talking about? Cobblestone roads and the clock and the, yeah, okay. That yeah. is so crazy, though, that how... You're good in your town, but once you leave your town, you're yeah. just a witness. That's all they want you for. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's crazy. So I ran the DUI task force there for the county, so we would have to do all these agreements between all the little jurisdictions. And then a lot of them had part-time cops, right. which was interesting to deal with. So I'm like, mm -hmm. so you're going out here on the weekend and doing this job for nine bucks an hour? You're crazy. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it was also during a time, at least in the South, that you could be hired and didn't even have to go to the academy for a whole year. Yeah, which you I could be out policing crazy. for that a year. That was in Pennsylvania. Luckily, that didn't happen with me. But yeah, 
And then but, you go to the academy and go, ooh, I violated yeah. a whole lot of people. So, so that's rights. what that meant. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah. Good plan. Well, when I went from Maryland to Pennsylvania, I went through the university's police academy. So you could put yourself through like they do at the uh, yeah. Chandler Gilbert. Right. So I said, well, here's what I am. And they're like, well, come this day, this day, this day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just so you know, I could miss all the other ones. Sure. And I wish Arizona would be on board with doing that so we can get some of these out-of-state folks to come here and Alabama, I think they're still doing um, an academy that at the sheriff's department there in Jefferson County that you just go on the weekends for a whole year so that people could continue to work and get their a post. I taught at one of the, later on at that same university's and it was a part time academy that mm -hmm. they did weekends for a year. Mm -hmm. So I assume they're still yeah. doing it. I probably yeah. should verify that before I talk about it. But anyway, that's like if you're going to give up your weekends for a year, you really want to do this job. Yeah. No kidding. So yeah. I'm going to help you get there. I'm not here to crush your spirit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So how long did you stay in Pennsylvania as an officer before you came down here to Scottsdale? Uh, it was almost five years. Okay. And, you know, I, I should have started the show off with this, though, because I think we would be um, not looked on too kindly for not mentioning Louisville and what happened yesterday, too, and that we do need to keep that officer in oh, our absolutely. prayers that yep. 10 days out of the academy and gets shot in the head. Yes. And at least he's stable and survived surgery. But um, talking about the academies made me think of that. And so we need to make sure that we're all keeping him and his family and his department in our prayers as well. So because now I think we're seeing a lot of people getting shot coming out of academies. People don't realize you're on the playing field as soon as you hit FTO. Right. Yes. And I wondered if he was an OIT. You know, you're talking about 10 days out of the academy. He had to have been riding yeah. with somebody. Unless part of their academy time is the OIT stuff. I don't know. I, I need to ask somebody over there. But I thought that was interesting because it almost appeared that he went in by not by himself. There, I think there was another officer there. But there hasn't been a whole lot of talk about other than he was right out of the academy. Well, when I was at Scottsdale, I would go in as the association president and give a pitch to the new recruits that were in post-academy. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I can't help you if you get fired because you're a bad cop. Right. But if you can do a shooting while, you know, during your probation, you're going to need somebody. I had one incident. It's like five days after the guy gave me his paperwork to join the association. I'm on a shooting scene with him and his FTO. Wow. wow. I looked at him like, couldn't even wait for the ink to dry. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, I've had him but, with no representation in a shooting here. That's and then trying to join an association. Yeah, that's that's rough. And then, yeah. you know, you don't need one until you realize you need one. Absolutely. Yeah. So you come down here. Do you have to go through an academy again? I waiver tested. So they do allow you to waiver. So I rode for a month with a Scottsdale officer, and then they gave me somebody's academy notebook. <laughs> here, read this. Study. It, it was. <laughs> wow. Basically, it's like, well, how many ways can you write disorderly conduct? I've said I've been through federal Maryland and Pennsylvania now. I don't think Arizona's coming up with anything exactly. new. And report writing is pretty much report writing. So what it, it was funny is when I tested with Scottsdale, there was a special, here's the facts from a, a role player, write a report. Well, they're just all over the map and you see people scrabbling furiously. I'm just sitting here waiting. All right, get to the point of today. I don't care what happened three weeks ago. I'm here for exactly. this beer robbery. Yeah, sure. So what all did you do at Scottsdale? Because you retired from Scottsdale. Yes. Um, I love patrol work. So I was patrol at midnights for the first 12 years. That's what's wrong with him. That explains it. 
I, I knew the there South was an end. issue here. I never thought to <laughs> oh, yeah. ask that question. Well, you know what? I really learned during FTO that I didn't want to take calls about my neighbor's oranges fell in my yard. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Well, and honestly, I laugh at chiefs and sheriffs now that uh, think that this whole thing about we can't let uh, shift pick be based on seniority because we'll wind up with all of our senior people on day shift. And I'm like, let me let you in on a little secret. They really want to be on graves because you ain't around. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, yeah, it's kind of a new trend in the last 10 years. They'd rather be on working when you aren't Opposite anywhere shift. close. <laughs> well, that was the big plus for running the association and being on midnights. You want to find me, you got to come get me. True. Want to have a meeting? Let's do it at 3 a.m. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> no meetings with Jim. Not with not with command staff anyway. Uh, so, you know, I had a blast working in patrol you know, south into Scottsdale. People really don't, they think Snotsdale and nothing goes mm -hmm. on. It, it's like every other town. When the sun goes yeah. down, totally different. Sure. With all the bars there, everybody's bad guys show up there. Sure. So my squad, we always had fun. And I said, the only thing I'll leave patrol for is to go work gangs. Opportunity gangs came. in Scottsdale are they upper class gangs? They, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they dress a little neat over there. <laughs> yeah. They have the button down collar and the khakis on. <laughs> well, I got the chance to go to the state gang task force, mm -hmm. and the first gang from Scottsdale I dealt with was the Fluffy Bunny Crew. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> wow, what a name! With the most ridiculous Dangerous name group. in the world. They slid under the radar. They were basically a party crew of young guys out of North Scottsdale <laughs> at a time where there were all kinds of desert parties. Now we're getting into your era. Yeah. Were they <laughs> frat boys or were they? No, they were like straight out of high schoolish, right in that area, 18, 19 years old. They'd go to the desert parties and there was always gunfire with all these crews and fights. Well, they all, all these little crews had their own little names. Of course they well, did. This group got into a fight, and one of the guys knocked another kid out from a crew and said, how are you like you just got your ass kicked by the Fluffy Bunny crew? Oh as a joke. Well, the joke <laughs> stuck. They started using it as their name. Joel, do you have anything you need to confess to us here? I have never been in the Fluffy Bunny game. <laughs> do you know anything about these desert parties you need to tell us about? A am I being detained right now? <laughs> <laughs> and you're in a corner and we're between you and the door. <laughs> you're free to leave if you can get past us. Exactly. <laughs> well, I would ask the kids at the top. And I, I, the kids, that luckily for me, they're all adults when I start doing my case. So I didn't have to worry about the juvenile yeah, stuff. that's a blessing. Yes. <laughs> I said, so would you ever go to one of these desert parties that didn't end in gunfire? Eh, no. And it was just like, oh, apparently, you know, I grew up in the wrong place. I mean, we were all hillbillies and everybody had guns in the truck, but nobody was shooting right. each other over a keg party. Well, yeah. apparently they were named correctly. If there's no gunfights at a gang party and you're, then apparently you're just a bunch of frat boys and stuff out there just drinking and being stupid. Yeah. Well, they, we started doing this. Did they tag things? Yeah. I want to know what their yeah. tag was <laughs> for the Fluffy Bunny. FBC. A little cottontail. <laughs> they would tag FBC. Oh and one of the gosh. guys I put in, you say cottontail, one of the guys I put in jail, he said, why did you have to put all that stuff in my, in that report? I'm like, why? Because the guys in the cell block read the report, and now they keep calling me Fluffy. <laughs> well, that's well, not my problem. That's right. <laughs> you claim that name. No, I should have thought that one out. <laughs> wow. Well, at one point, they actually merged with another group called the Dirty White Boys. What? Guess what name they kept? Not the Fluffy Bunny. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, they kept the Fluffy Bunny crew name. Wow. Yeah. They needed a, a lesson in... Mm. 
gang etiquette. <laughs> right. They missed that that lecture or something. Are they still around? Oh no. Oh, um, when you. we did our, did the case, we there was the two there was two gangs. Another group called themselves Crazy Crew Cartel, all K's. So you can guess. Only in Scottsdale. Yeah. All I can say. Oh Only no, that was Scottsdale. North Phoenix. No, don't get, don't play it all in yeah, Scottsdale. Yeah, but I think it started only in the Scottsdale. fluffy <laughs> only the fluffy bunnies came from Scottsdale. <laughs> That's an embarrassment to gangs. <laughs> when I arrested the leader of the fluffy bunnies, he was living in the casita behind Mummy and Daddy's million dollar estate. That's what I figured. Oh, That's why I said bunch of frat boys. Yeah. Okay, I get it. But he did go down for seven years for a drive by. Well, that's good. Oh, they actually had guns. Oh, they did. Well, there was uh, a murder uh, committed against one of their friends. But somebody killed a fluffy bunny. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it was just a kid who was at one of their parties. Oh, be very, but, very quiet. <laughs> uh, hunting bunny. Don't think that wasn't mentioned in the squad room a couple Elmer of times. Fudd. <laughs> Elmer Suspect. Fudd. Elmer Fudd. <laughs> My old boss had with the squad. We gave wow. him the, a jackalope trophy to put in his office for a bunny, fluffy bunny roundup. Wow. Yeah. There. That. There's a lot that can be oh, done yeah. with that. That is but hilarious. we did um, home invasions, ag assaults, kidnapping. They, we put some of them in prison for 30 years. Wow. I'm sorry, but if the fluffy bunnies broke into my house, I wouldn't tell anybody. <laughs> I wouldn't call the police. I wouldn't tell anybody. Oh, so you're not going to believe who these guys are. <laughs> yeah, no, so, I, no. so are they wearing ears? And, <laughs> did they really? No. Oh. But this is also before everybody migrated off of MySpace. They were still posting on MySpace. They posted photos of themselves getting ready for a home invasion. There you go. Oh, jeez. Yeah. One of the guys looked like Groucho Marx with the glasses and nose. He pictured a po- the picture of him only had the bandana under his nose. <laughs> so I would use that like, so the guys that broke into your house, see anybody? Yeah, there's Nate. <laughs> there's Nate. <laughs> Are these friends of yours, Joel, by any chance? Absolutely not. Are you? Sh- would you claim them if you knew them? No. Uh, uh, that, you know, that's just not even police work to have to catch people like that. that that's hilarious. That's just easy. <laughs> wow. Oh, it's, when you're listening to jail calls and one of your targets, after you're dealing with Bloods and Crips, now you're talking to somebody's <laughs> Dad is saying, I'm not going to spend another $20,000 on an attorney for you. <laughs> another $20,000? I've been rotten in prison by now. I was waiting for my dad to go up for $20,000. I wouldn't do it because he was part of the Fluffy Bunny. If yeah, he you, were part of did. the Bloods and Crips, I might pay for it. You disgust me with the Fluffy Bunny. Yeah, exactly. That would be, a, that would be an embarrassment. That's an insult. It really to all is. other gangs. Absolutely. <laughs> Ask your mother. I can give you a better name than that. Good gosh. Oh yeah, that, how have I not heard these stories in the 12, 11 years I've been here? Oh. Uh, that That's an episode all in itself. Uh, can we find any of these people and get waiting. them on the podcast? <laughs> I keep waiting to find somebody that's willing to write the story. My, my partner at the time said, this is like, uh, uh, what do you say, uh, g- gangs meets 90210. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. They should have been in Beverly Hills, absolutely. Yeah. Do you know, by any chance, know any of these people? I'd really like to have them on the podcast. <laughs> I doubt they'd come on because they're probably still doing crime if they're not in jail. Well, we, we can give them anonymous names. They can be the fluffy bunnies, I, you know, but I just really uh, want to meet hilarious. somebody that would claim that one. Well, my, my the one who is the, the fluffy tail story, he w- he gave me all the, during an interview, just gives it all up. <laughs> and his attorney goes, well, what did you promise him? Nothing. He was just, just chatty. <laughs> God. He would do the podcast, I bet you. I bet. We yeah. may have to go to prison if, to interview him. But. <laughs> well, 
She goes, well, he thought you were friends. I'm like, well, that's not my fault. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he gets out of prison and finds me and calls me in Scottsdale. It's right before I retired. He goes, hey, I just got out of prison. And one of the guys I was in prison with, and he gives me a name of another gang member I knew, offered me girls for human trafficking. And I'm like, he goes, well, I got a warrant. That's why I figured I'd call you. Maybe I can get, like, let me call the human trafficking squad, and I'll, I'll hook you up for that. Did you at least advise him to change the fluffy bunny part? Because human traffickers are not going to deal with fluffy yeah. bunnies. You don't want that Sorry. in the ad. No, you really no. don't. Golly, that's crazy. So that you retire weird. from Scottsdale, and you retire as a lieutenant? Oh, God, no. As the association president, I wasn't going to try to promote. Oh, okay. All right. the, at the time in Scottsdale, Sergeant and Up were all at-will employees. Oh, that's right. That's crazy. They finally changed it after I left. Yes. yes. Mysteriously. Did you start the association? It was already there. It was, it started while I was there and I took over a couple years into it. Okay. All right. I knew you and Cindy were very, very instrumental in, in POSA, yeah. but I didn't know if y'all started it. So you retire with how many years? I did 20 there. And walked out on the 20th? I, absolute I Well, day. I bought a couple months to get me through the door because I was just tired of the mm -hmm. politics and sure. Um, and people say when you hit that twenty mark, you'll think differently. And at the time, I was like, "No, you won't." I mean, I'll tell you what: when that 20, 20 years came up in the calendar, I just pulled the ripcord. I'm like, "I'm done." Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's happening. And now. then I realized I don't have health insurance. True. Well, but now even guys out here that could get what four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars for doing another five years are like, oh, 20 I'm done. I'm yep. out." You're yeah. seeing a big trend. I'll yeah. go. Be at Home Depot. The money isn't worth it anymore. It's not worth it anymore. Well, and, you know, I, it's not like I just blindly leapt. I had the job already lined up. Um, my chief now, Dave Denlinger, had been my boss over the gang task force. Mm -hmm. He was DPS. Well, he's the chief for the community college police department okay. in Maricopa County. So we cover all the community colleges. And he and his friend went over as chief and deputy chief probably in 2012 and basically started cleaning house. Mm -hmm. of, okay, we're only bringing in real cops. We want people that have been there, done that. If it hits the fan, we want people that are, have been shooters mm -hmm. or, or are not afraid to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. So so you deal with Chuck Mann. Yeah. Isn't, isn't he part of the, maybe it's another community college. He might be, yeah. He's retired Phoenix. He was their EOD guy. And I got, well, that's the thing with our department, with all those campuses, the only time you well, see people from other colleges I got ranged on Thursday. I'm like, who are you? Yeah. When did you get hired? Yeah. yeah. No, Chuck's been there a long time because he's been retired from Phoenix a long yep. time. We have six retired EOD guys. Yeah, Chuck's a hoot. He's been on the podcast early, early on. We need to get him back on here again, well, too. Imagine six retired EOD guys, how fun our active shooter training is. <laughs> I got tripwires. I'm trying defusing a bomb last year. I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was at Phoenix still with one of the Super Bowls and the... Okay. What all kind of stuff he got to he got to do the big stuff, but yeah, he has some interesting stories. It's it's a good gig, but even our uh, applicant pool is getting thin because mm -hmm. we were you know we put ourselves out there as when you're done here, come on over, right? Sure. And we're getting a lot of people going, nah, I'm just done, I'm mm -hmm. toast. Mm -hmm. They'd rather go stand and water plants at Home Depot or Lowe's yeah. or something. I tell them, don't go to Walmart. You'll do more policing at Walmart. Number <laughs> one call <laughs> for service in every did. jurisdiction. Yeah, no Absolutely. <laughs> So that was what year? 2015. Okay. And then you met Jim, Tom, at something just, recently. Yeah, just last week. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah, so a, a mutual friend of ours in, 
introduced me, asked me, hey, uh, I'm in, I'm helping out with this event that's coming up. And I was like, okay, what's the event? And it's like Battle of the Badges. Okay, what's that? Who, who's doing this? Because I hadn't heard of it before. And so our mutual friend said that uh, Jim, mm -hmm. I need to meet Jim. He's with uh, AZ Leo's, a nonprofit, and they do this football game basically every year and they support uh, a, a wounded officer um, in each of the games. So the two captains are like honorary captains. They're both uh, wounded officers from different departments and it's their team that plays against each other. So how long have y'all been doing this? Well, it started way back in Scottsdale. So this is our 12th year. Oh, wow. And when I started in Scottsdale, it was guns versus hoses. I was going to say, I didn't remember it being Battle of the Badges well, every was, year. So. It was Battle of the Badges, guns versus hoses. But then we realized cops versus fire every year, it got cops a little angry. Go, yeah, well, <laughs> well, the fire guys have time to work out and kick your butts, <laughs> as we found in the softball tournament. Well, there was a lot of, you know, they say the fights are worse in families. So we had... You know, a lot of injuries come out of the games. And <laughs> Even though it was flag football? <laughs> well, we, we play flag with contact. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we even call it flag? <laughs> I just think that's wrong right off the bat. That's very misleading to people. Well, I, Who I, usually I, wins? How, who's got more victories, fire or PD? You know, I couldn't tell you. I think we were about even when I left Scottsdale. Okay. But I decided we should start mixing it up and just do first responders versus first responders. So that way it takes the edge off. Yeah, but I don't think that's nearly as much fun. <laughs> no. Well, see, the last game in Scottsdale, uh, one of my guys, uh, torque fracture of his tib-fib. Huh? My uh, tricep rolled up. Oh, well. Uh, things happen. <laughs> my quarterback looks at me at halftime, James Peters. Oh, yes. We love James Peters. We need to have him on here. <laughs> at halftime, he looks at me and goes, hey, Jim. How did I get to here? I was like, you mean the locker room? No, the game. How did I get to the game? <laughs> hey, somebody tell Tommy to warm up because James is done. <laughs> yeah, James Peters is a story in himself. Oh, he is. From You know, when you have five girls or six. Oh, my gosh. He's got twins. I know he's got twins. Did he have three or four with his first wife? Yeah. Three. I I think three with her, and then he has the twins. Yeah. I told him, I said, you did bad things when you were in junior <laughs> high and high school That's to get payback. five girls. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, he, I always had a good time working with James, and he's just one of those guys. Who could do it. He could do the job. He was a magnet for crap. He was. <laughs> and people didn't understand that. They're like, well, how could somebody? I'm like, work with him. Yeah. <laughs> You'll find out. <laughs> well, the first time I met him, I was here speaking at the trials, the canine trials, and Chris Coffey goes, we, we got one hours you need to talk to. So they brought him over. He didn't know me from Adam, and he comes walking up. But I knew the story. He had, was it seven shooting six kills or five or six I think it was in five. seven and six. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so he came walking up, and I looked at him, and I said, I just wonder what the hell's the matter with you. And he kind of backs up, and he goes, what? And I said, well, wasn't it six for six? <laughs> and he goes, well, it was the first one I didn't kill. I said, well, in Alabama, we call that target practice. Apparently <laughs> apparently, you improved. And we became very good friends at that point. <laughs> and he was actually one of the first people I called when I got out here, and that was about the time they were forcing him out. I sat on a couple of the use of force boards, mm -hmm. and uh, I didn't make any friends. 
I bet. No, Because <laughs> I was calling people out because I'd been there long enough that I'd worked on the road with people that had some rank now. Yeah. We don't do that. Oh, wait a minute. I remember a night when you had me stack up, and this is how we did. Um, uh, and all of his shootings were good shootings. Were that that good, was the yeah. whole thing. That, yeah. that was the crazy part. I, to me, I'd have had him at the range teaching others how to shoot. I, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to get him out. And uh, But, yeah, no, he's a great guy and landed quite squarely on his feet doing some really good stuff at um, – Yes, I just lost it. Vertra. Vertra. Yeah. I keep trying to get him to come out and play football again. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't see that happening. <laughs> I had no idea that he had like this, like a, almost a dozen concussions leading up to playing that game. I, I can see that. Well, I called him one day because I wanted him to talk to an officer that had been in multiple shootings. And I called him and it's crackling on the phone. And I go, Where are you? And he goes, I'm in Amman. What? You're where? <laughs> And he goes, Jordan, Susan, I'm in Amman, Jordan. And I said, okay, uh, how about call me when you get back to the U.S.? <laughs> he was flying back in, I think, that night. But I was impressed that he answered my call in Amman, Jordan. There you go. Yeah. And uh, he had been over playing with the Israeli Special Forces people and doing some good stuff with Vertra. So, yeah, he's landed they lost squarely. They a, a great resource they when did. he left. And it basically came down to, he said, Jim, they're going to stick me in a hole and I'm never going to see daylight. Oh, they told him he was going to the property room and no gun, no car, no overtime, no nothing. And I looked at him and I said, do we need to have this conversation <laughs> of what you need to do? Because he told me what he was going to get with the medical retirement. And he didn't have, but how many years on? Ten? Yeah. Well, he, he wasn't close to retirement. No, not at all. And I was like, are you kidding? Take the money and run, buddy. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, he got some. He got my son and several others on the Vertra 360. That was fun to watch. Mike cool. Neal being one of oh, them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, James, we do need to get him on the podcast. Oh, yeah. He has some interesting great. stories. I just got to keep him in the U.S. long enough to get him on here. But, <laughs> so you leave Scottsdale, you go over there, and now do you start this AZ Elias? Because when I was at Scottsdale, Cindy ran POSA outreach for the association. Right. Because we created our own foundation to, to do community policing because, you know, Police departments take a hit all the time in their budgets, and yep. community policing is the first thing to go. Any, sure. Anything the community, you know, connects you with the community. We can't have that. So we were doing that. And when we I left, Cindy goes, Well, I'm not staying. If you're leaving, sure. you know, I'm gonna leave too. And I said, Well, do you want to keep this going? And she says, Yeah, I'd like to do the things we're doing now, but expand them to statewide. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did with AZ Leo's. So basically my first retirement check goes <laughs> to there. Yeah. So did POSA charities go away? No, they have their, they kept their own thing. Okay. All right. So, you know, the door is always open if they want, anytime they want to do anything, they've got their own thing staying inside the city. I don't think I ever even hear anything that they're doing. No, I, I rarely hear from them. So they don't do the flag football anymore or anything? No. So, so y'all picked it up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They always had first, right, a first refusal. If you guys want to continue the program, great. If not, it comes with me. So I'm, when is this? It's a fundraiser. It's a fundraiser. It's going to be April 29th at Mesa Community College Okay. at 7 p.m. And it's Maricopa County First Responders versus Pinal County. <laughs> is Mark Lamb playing? Yes, he I'll is. I'll be there. <laughs> Mark has played the last two years. I'll be there. And we are 2-0 against him. Oh, I'm going to have to go give him a pep talk. <laughs> I think we're going to have to see Pinal County rally and, and come back and win one. We played in Pinal County last year at uh, Post and Butte High School. 
All I can tell you is as I'm driving here, I looked at Cindy and went, who the hell are we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm out <in> nowhere. <laughs> desert, desert, desert. Hey, there's a box building. <laughs> so where does the money go? <clears throat> so the money, we, we do four $250 scholarships for college students in first responder fields. Okay. And then all the other money we raise gets split between our honorary co-captains. Okay. The, the uh, charity keeps nothing. And how do y'all decide who these people are that you want to help? I, every year I throw it open for uh, people to volunteer. I don't think we ever turned anybody down. We're looking for the injured. Mm -hmm. We don't, you know, we don't want to get into the, like we're trying to compete with the 100 club or anything like that. And anyone who's been in the field knows when you're injured, nobody gives a shit about you. They don't. Right. Mm -hmm. They ask, the question you hear from your department is, when are you coming back? Mm -hmm. Right. They actually picked me up one day, one day out of shoulder surgery to drive me to court <laughs> because they couldn't make the case without me. Wow. I'm like, seriously, I can't get a continuance? No. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing about here, and I'm, and there was some of that in Alabama also. I don't know about other states, but you get injured even in the line of duty. If you can't come back to full service in a year, they can let you go. Yeah. And you go, who who okayed that? Uh, that's it's crazy. It's still the same way here. Yeah, it but I, I don't understand. That. I mean, we had one in Alabama that he literally took a 38-round to the head in pursuit of a uh, meth lab. And one year to the day, they said, workman's comp's done, and you are terminated. <laughs> what? It's crazy. Well, what was nice in Pennsylvania, they had, it was called uh, for police and fire, the Heart and Lung Act. Mm -hmm. If you were injured, you got your, you know, your 66 and two-thirds. Mm -hmm. The Heart and Lung Act paid the rest of your salary tax-free. And that was a state program. So you wow. got 100% of your check with no taxes while you're out injured. Is that still in place? Yeah. Wow. And I was like, why can't we get something like that? Yeah. Well, I know Wounded Blue was started by Randy Sutton. Do you know Randy? I know of him. Yeah, retired lieutenant out of Las Vegas Metro. And uh, I know he started Wounded Blue to be able to help with a lot of that kind of stuff, too. And I think he's been very successful. So who are the two co-captains this year that are will receive benefits? Well, uh, the first was uh, Sergeant Scott Galbraith from Scottsdale PD. Okay. Scott was shot on serving a search warrant in January. Uh, they were trying to do a DNA warrant on a sex assault suspect down in Phoenix. Guy fired blindly through the door, and wow. Scott took a round under the vest. And so was his injury career-ending? No. Okay. Well, we don't know. Last time I checked with him, he said, they said, as long as there's no complications, I'll be back. Right. Full duty. Right. I was actually one of Scott's FTOs. Okay. Back in the day. So, I mean, a good guy. And he's, you know, it's not even about the money when we do this stuff for the most part. It's about making sure they remember they're connected. Right. Sure. There are people out there. It's a big family. Exactly. Sure. Uh, and the uh, the second officer, actually, I found out about through you. Oh. <laughs> when you well, did the softball tournament for Chris. Yes. And you did the 50-50 the for Rico. Yes. I looked at Cindy. I'm like, how the hell did we not know here about Rico? <laughs> yeah. I have a Gilbert guy plays football on my team. Oh, wow. Like, why did he not tell me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I got a hold of my my guy at Gilbert. I'm like, hey, can you talk to Rico? Because I, I don't do this without their permission. I'm like, sure. let's go out there. Sure. And I had a great talk with Rico. I mean, mm -hmm. he's a great guy. He is. Um, Fairly young in the job. Yeah, yeah, very young, only three years on. Yeah. What was funny is, <clears throat> so Sean, our mutual friend, had talked to me about Battle of the Badges before I met Jim. And 
uh, he said something maybe that we, as Under the Shield, could do a, a booth out there. <clears throat> and I said, okay, that sounds like, you know, we'll have to meet Jim and talk to him about that. Sure. And uh, I said, uh, we should invite um, Rico mm -hmm. Aranda. Mm -hmm. and he's the Gilbert officer that was injured. So I called up Rico and I said, hey, um, on April 29th, there's this Battle of the Badges, uh, Badges football game. You want to come out there, meet me out there, and we'll just hang out. He goes, you know, I, I think... I'm supposed to be there anyways. And, and, I said, and I said, well, check with your wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and let me know. Like and, a good husband And then does. when I talked to Jim, he's like, oh, yeah, he's our co-captain. I'm like, oh. So, so do we have a there? booth out there? Are we doing that? Well, that's you're, you're a, yeah. more than welcome to come out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah I that's think, what I was going to talk to you yeah, about I after think that this. Would, I think so for our, our co-captains, we make jerseys for them, team mm -hmm. jerseys too. So it's interesting through the years to see the numbers people pick. Uh -huh. um, they had people, you know, they picked their alive day. Yes. Uh, the Like the the DPS officer who, who was shot and Thomas Yoxel got was involved yes. in saving him. Yep. But that's what he picked was the date, his alive day. Sure. Just what, what meanings people have. Really. Thomas Yoxel would be another good one to have on here. Have you ever had a chance to talk to him? Yes, no, he would. Yeah, he's the civilian that was riding by when a trooper was really oh, yeah, yeah. out west, and he is very good with a firearm, let's put it that way. <laughs> and he said he walked up, and he said, Trooper, do you need my help? And he was like, yes. And Thomas shot and killed the guy and saved that trooper's life. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, um, so the money will be split between the two of them, whatever we raise. Again, How do you raise money for this? They, they pay to play? No, uh, we try to we'll do sponsorships. Mm -hmm. I've been fortunate enough, the entire 12 years we've been doing this, a uh, buddy of mine, Jason Hope, he's an entrepreneur in Scottsdale. Mm -hmm. He's the title sponsor, so it's the Battle of the Badges. Hope worked out his last name was Hope. Right. Nice. <laughs> but uh, he, he donates every year as the title sponsor to give us all the seed money and cover all our expenses. Nice. And then we'll go out and ask for other donations and raffle prizes. And, you know. and, you know, I, the sad part is I don't think the public understands how many officers are injured that yeah. are career ending mm -hmm. because it's always, um, you know, they report it as it's not life threatening. Right. And my first question is always, but is it career ending? Exactly. Because that can be life threatening. People see non life threatening turn the page. Yes. Mm -hmm. And okay. they just think, he's fine. Yeah. Wounded right. just, you know. And that's how they all get forgot about. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, and that's the interesting part too because where was it recently that one died and one was injured and we hear nothing at all about the injured right. one now um that could mean well it was in huntsville actually the the huntsville alabama where the officer was killed and the other one was injured but nobody i mean they've even talked to him in alabama nobody seems to know what the status is with him and you just go the public just assumes when it's non-life-threatening right. they'll be back, back to, to work yep, they're yep. back to work yeah no must have gotten grazed or something. But. Well, last year, Tyler Maldivon was yes. one of our captains. Yes. And, and that's one of the few that has stayed in the public eye. Yes. Right? Not because of the media or the department cares, mm -mm. Mm -mm. but just his his wife has been amazing. Right. And well, he wasn't supposed to live. That nobody gave not. him any time. When I heard the details that first night, I'm like, oh, well, get the ribbon out. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I was actually in, in San Diego, and my son's future father-in-law was is a trauma surgeon there. And I was telling him the injuries, and he goes, Susan, there's no way. There's absolutely no way this young man will live. They're keeping him alive to harvest organs or something. And then the next thing we hear is... Right. <laughs> you know, he, yeah, he he's is, a walking miracle. Yes, he is. Yes. Yeah. And then to throw out the oh my gosh, the yeah. first pitch at the awesome. Diamondbacks game, yeah, I, heard, I bet there wasn't a dry in that house. 
that was and to see one of the I think it was one of the Diamondbacks that said he had won World Series and other things, but that was the greatest honor for him was I to think it was uh, Gonzo. And Gonzo, was he Luis the Gonzalez. catcher? Was he the catcher? No, I don't. Because I, don't, I, I, I think, could. Yeah, they I said Luis Gonzalez, I think, was coaching him. Oh, on, on throw. Oh, okay, maybe. But I thought maybe he was the catcher that actually he threw it too. But I thought that was pretty cool. But that's um, that's awesome. And every year, though, you don't do the same people ever. No. Okay. We'll, we'll always pick somebody new. Uh, and sadly, there's always someone new. Unfortunately, sometimes you're like, well, and it's another thing is getting people to tell us. Right. Uh, I put it out, you know, I put it out statewide. I'm like, hey, who's got an injured officer? And they're chirping. And then later on, you find out, well, I just saw an article. You, the guy was injured. Why yeah. don't you tell me? And, you know, that's something as we go around with the AMRP departments that we need to put out. Let us know. We can get it to Jim. Right. Because we will, you know, that's 78 of the 91 cities and towns that I'm sure. And the small towns don't have the resources right. for their people either. So Well, and. Just to, to skip to one of our other programs, we do uh, Shop of the Cop at mm -hmm. Christmas. Yeah. We set aside spots for the, the kids of injured and fallen officers. And that's another one. If we can get those names ahead of time, we love inviting them to make sure, again, those kids know they're still part of our family. Sure. Right. And it's like teeth every year pulling. Well, we will. Yeah, yeah. we'll make sure we add that. I in, appreciate that. In our uh, when we're speaking and stuff. I've had that... to embarrass some departments publicly <laughs> to get them to because I try to get the department to send somebody in uniform sure. to represent and go with the kids. Sure. And you know, I embarrassed a couple. I won't say them on the air. Oh, I will. <laughs> Pass them on. We'll do it. Out. I'm happy to do it. I caught a watch commander from one department. I was at Scottsdale. I'm like, okay, I just want to let you know that the Scottsdale guys are going to take them shopping unless you can be here in 15 minutes. Damn and if a motor didn't come flying from the, <laughs> the, the length of the valley. Who, who was it that responded? <laughs> a motor. Exactly. Because <laughs> they couldn't find anybody else. <laughs> the, the, everybody else was busy, Tom. <laughs> the motors were hanging out drinking coffee, apparently. Hanging out looking good. That's it. <laughs> at least Polishing they were, their boots. At least they were looking good. That's right. That's it. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, that, you know, that we can work with you guys on those things, too, and help. Yeah. We're absolutely more than happy okay. to. One of the good things... Uh, about this is I also bring in, you know, we'll do, I'm always looking for players. I still got two more weeks of practice. So if I can get any ringers out of this, one, <laughs> there you go. Um, police, fire, EMS, any law enforcement. Dispatch? Can dispatch play? Sworn or civilian. Okay. I actually had a dispatcher from Glendale. She played, never played football before last year. I think she was a, a little overwhelmed when she got in the game down in Pinell County. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I might want to play one year, but I'm not promising I won't be packing a gun to take somebody <laughs> out, but hey, play at your own risk. Uh, military, okay. active or retired, and we an immediate family of either of them. Good. Because we do have a lot of guys. This is the only opportunity they'll ever get to play with their son. Sure. And Mark Lamb had one of his sons out playing sure. last year with him. Nice. Nice. So do they know about it at Luke at the Air Force Base? I don't know if they do. The they probably don't. The security forces, I'll try to get the word yeah, to them, too. Yeah, absolutely. I know the National Guard do because I know General Muhlenbeck, she was... A professor at MCC for a while. She used to own my house. Oh, really? Yes, I know her quite well, and yeah, she's amazing. We she want is. we all she's we want great, to get her on here also. Person. Yeah, she really is. Good friend. Um, so yeah, so any way that we can ever help out, let us know. Okay. And when you're looking for people and things, we have a way of we have a way of encouraging people there to do go. things That's they right. need to do. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it just needs to be loudly brought to their attention. No, sometimes when you know where the bodies are buried, <laughs> I think you owe me this one. So again, the football game is April 29th, and you're actually going to have 
two games. Right. We're trying to organize a game before that with uh, students playing mm -hmm. uh, because we like to get the students and the teens out practicing with us, which is kind of cool for them to get a, an experience. It started when I was in Scottsdale. We had one of the high school football teams come out and practice there with us. And, and they kicked your butts, but that's okay. Well, it was a it was a, one of the, the south ends of Scottsdale. These kids were all told they'll never go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And the guys I had in Scottsdale, all almost all of us played college football, and I got into some some D one studs that, that were on the team. There you go. And you could see after practice, you'd have almost have clinics break out. <laughs> <laughs> but the nice thing is, is now those kids they get to see officers out of the job, sure. you know, in civilian fun. attire yeah. and being real Human. people. Yeah, exactly. I was getting lunch. In Scottsdale, when I was there in Smashburger, and all of a sudden from the kitchen, I hear, Officer, Officer, we played football together. <laughs> You're yeah. going, Oh, he's back there with my food. I yeah. hope I didn't hurt him too bad. Well, nothing makes you feel old like playing against somebody who's 18. <laughs> so, well, do you charge admission? $5 okay. donation. And the public is welcome. Public is welcome, encouraged. The bigger the crowd, the better. And where will it be? Mesa Community College Stadium. Okay. So, Football um, comes back to Mesa Community College. Well, let's, yeah, let's put that out on our stuff too, Joel. That um, yeah, the main game seven p.m. starts at seven p.m. Okay, and they buy it's all tickets at the game, right. not ahead of time. They don't need to purchase them, or can they even purchase them ahead of time? They can. People can make a donation or purchase. They want to go over to our uh, Facebook page. That's the best place. Uh, okay, it's Arizona spelled out L E O S. Okay. All right. And there's a QR code there. It'll take them right to the donation page. Awesome. If any businesses want to donate raffle prizes, glad to have those. Sure, sure. As Gia just gave me a, a free seat to raffle off for the gang conference. Nice. Yeah, that's great. Not to the general public, I right. <laughs> <laughs> That might not be a good idea. So but... there's tattoos, sir, that have you won. Yeah, you could get a lot of money off that, that's for sure. Well, Jim, we appreciate you taking the time to come out today and as we wrap we this bet. thing up. And like I said, uh, any way we can ever help, let us know. Because oh, that is a, that's an underserved population because right. two people just don't realize how many officers are Departments don't stand by them and take care of them the way that they should. No, and yeah. that's kind of the sad thing about Tyler, because I don't know that any of us really even know what Phoenix is doing, but it's the perception, at least, is that they're taking care of them. And I hope that they are. I know that they certainly did when um, Jason Schechterly right. had his his situation with the car burning up um, and he stayed on for quite some time. But, uh, you know, we need the public to understand most officers are not taken care of by their departments. No, their family feeling left a long time ago. Yes, right. absolutely. And so as we wrap things up here at Under the Shield, we want to remind our audience, all you first responders, military, and families, uh, we're available 24-7, 365. There's not a day that we shut down or shut our phone lines down. And you can call us at 855-889-2348. If you hit extension one, we will not even have your phone number. That's why we say we truly are anonymous in providing services. We don't keep notes. We don't keep records. We're not mandated reporters by choice. And when you hit extension one, you will get a stress coach. Um, it may ring for a little while because if the stress coaches that are on the, uh, tied up, then it'll roll to another one and to the next one. But stay on the line. You're not going to get voicemail. You're going to get one of the coaches. If you want to talk to me, you can call me directly or text me on my cell, area code 334-324-3570. And my phone number is 480-861-6574.
During the daytime, text me. Um, nighttime, always call. And families, this goes for you as well because we know that it, this is a lifestyle, what these uh, military and first responders have chosen to do. And families, you're very much in the thick of it, and we're here for you as well. If you're concerned about your loved one, sometimes we have a way of giving you some ideas of things to get them to reach out for help. But please don't ever hesitate to call us. We're not going to report to agencies we never have in 31 years. As long as I'm alive, that will be our motto. We can't have that happen. Exactly. It's it, that we'll have to shut everything down if we ever do. So reach out to us. And again, thank you for the sacrifices that all of you make as first responders, military, but especially our families. The family is not recognized hardly at all. And I'm glad that y'all include them in your football game. And, you, you know, to me, you might want to put the wives together on a team. That could be quite interesting. Let, let the husband hit the wife too hard. Yeah, there, that could make for a fun game, actually. Yeah, we can call it a domestic violence football game. Absolutely. <laughs> but I got a feeling it's going to be the wives beating the husbands, so uh, I would almost have to play in that. Um, but thank you for all the sacrifices that you make. God bless you. God bless your families in this great nation that we live in. Come back and see us again next week.